The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. Good morning, good morning, good morning. And how are you guys doing on this lovely, rainy, cloudy Monday morning? If you're just tuning in, you are at WTJX 93.1 FM, your NPR station in the territory. I am not Neville. (coughs) Excuse me. This is Jamila, and I'm filling in for Neville and... It's always a pleasure for me to fill in for Neville. I, I, he has big shoes to fill, but I try to fill them, and I appreciate the audience embracing me every time I'm here. You know, this weekend I went somewhere, and a lady walked up to me and said, you did an excellent job filling in for Neville. Thank you. And I was like, yay. So thank you for embracing me. Um, I have a press release here from the Virgin Islands Department of Education. And this is an important initiative. And so I'm gonna share it with you this morning. And it was issued on January 27, 2024. It's from the Virgin Islands Department of Education. And it says, the Virgin Islands Department of Education, VIDE, is pleased to inform all parents of K-12 students enrolled in public and private schools and who are a part of the free and reduced breakfast and lunch programs in the United States Virgin Islands about an an exciting collaboration. Thanks to the U.S. Affordable Connectivity Program, a $15 billion initiative by the U.S. Congress designed to assist low-income Americans, eligible students can now receive free tablets and internet services. Free tablets and internet services. We all know I like free. And it says free tablets and internet services. Through a partnership with Heritage Wireless and the dedicated efforts of Senator Donna Fred Gregory, the Virgin Islands Department of Education is able to provide free tablets and internet services to qualifying students in the free and reduced breakfast and lunch programs. This opportunity extends to all public school students across the U.S. Virgin Islands, including those in the St. Thomas, St. John, and St. Croix districts. Private school students who are part of the free and reduced breakfast and lunch programs are also eligible. It is crucial for parents and guardians to understand that obtaining the tablets and internet service is not automatic. An application must be completed to ensure eligibility. The application deadline is Friday, February 2nd, 2024, and can be accessed through the following link https colon forward slash forward slash forms dot office dot com forward slash r forward slash qr eight ex zero zero 
1HL. That's a lot to remember. I'm sure if you go on the VIDE website, there'll be a link to the form that you can follow because we're not going to remember that link. So go on their website. I'm sure there's going to be the link that's readily available on their website. Students will only receive the devices if an application is submitted on their behalf. Parents are strongly encouraged to meet the February 2nd deadline. The Virgin Islands Department of Education is committed to distributing free tablets and facilitating internet access for as many students as possible. Parents are urged to complete the application. The VID expresses sincere appreciation to Senator Donna Fred Gregory for her invaluable support and her role in establishing the connection with Heritage Wireless. For additional information, please contact Dr. Maria Melendez Torado, Chief Turnaround Officer at 340-642-6934. So this is an exciting initiative. First and foremost, it's free. I like free. And it gives every student a tablet and access to internet service. Internet service is invaluable to everybody. I don't know how life existed prior to the internet. I don't have a, a memory of life before internet came about. So I'm glad for the internet. Everything is at your fingertips. You're able to read books, conduct research, connect with friends, meet new people, explore places, you know, through the, the eyes of somebody who's live, you can see places you would not otherwise see because of access to the internet. And accessibility to the internet should be available to every single person in our Virgin Islands. It's so important that we, we as Virgin Islanders, because of our remote location, that we have access. And there are lots of students, you know, while all of us take for granted that we walk around, you know, connected to a cell phone at our sides, there are many families that, you know, they may be a family of four, a family of five, and they have one phone, one cell phone to share within the, with the whole family. You know, um, parents may only have one computer in, in the home. They don't have laptops for, each of their child. So having a tablet for each child will be an added relief to parents. So parents, it's free. Go to the Virgin Islands Department of Education, fill out the form. I'm sure the form is self-explanatory. They're going to get some information for you. It's open to all public school students. Okay. Let me, this opportunity extends to all public public school students across the U.S. Virgin Islands, including those in the St. Thomas, St. John, and the St. Croix districts. Private school students, so for the private school, it's a little bit different. So if you're going to a private school, if your school don't get the, the lunch program from VID, then your children can be, won't be eligible. So your school has to participate in the lunch program that the government has. And if you don't have that at your school, you know, um, there are a couple of advantages to to having your school be part of the lunch program. I know of one school, one private school who has opted out of the program 
because they had to hire somebody to do the transport and they couldn't um, afford the cost. They thought the students weren't eating it. And so, you know, they opted out of the program and their students now won't be eligible for programs. And it's important as private and parochial schools that you participate in programs that the U.S. Department of Education makes available to the territory if you partner with the public school system so that your students can have the full opportunities of everything the U.S. educational system has to offer. So schools, private schools that are in the lunch program, parochial schools that are in the lunch program, then your students can be eligible. And I'm hoping that the the principals, the administrators, the school personnel, that they ensure that, you know, they get their students registered so that the Department of Education can get them the free tablets and access to Internet. So, oh, and Internet services. And this is so exciting. Um, I'll just let you know, I already registered my child for, for the free tablet. Um, having children with disabilities, having small children, um, having a tablet is like a godsend, especially when you need quiet time, when you're trying to focus on something. Um, you know, it may sound bad, but you give your child a tablet, you can have a, a, a few moments peace and you can pay attention to what you need to pay attention to. Don't judge me. I am a firm believer in giving a child a tablet so you can get your things done. Um, because ain't all the time you can send them outside and say, go play. You know, a day like today when it's raining, you can't send them out in the rain to play so you can have time to do all that you need to do. So make sure that you get them this tablet. I like this idea. I, I, you know, the deadline is February 2nd. And let's continue to support valuable initiatives such as that. Talking about initiatives on Friday, I had the, I was blessed to have the opportunity to interview two wonderful organizations. The first was the St. Croix, St. Croix Christian Church, who on February 9th will be hosting Night to Shine. If you haven't already registered your disabled um, or individual with disability, 14 years or older to participate uh, um, in the Night to Shine, please um, do so. The website is www.sccc.com, so it's www.sccvi.com. Register um, your child to participate. If you wanted to be a volunteer, there's a deadline because there's a background check that they're um, performing on, on everybody who, or conducting rather, on everybody who wants to be a volunteer. So if you were interested in helping and you want to volunteer, you may want to check the website today because there's a cutoff um, as to when they're going to be accepting volunteers because they need to do the background check to make sure that the people that they're going to have around people's most precious cargo is... Um, you know, trustworthy. So again, that's next week, Saturday. It's from six to nine. It's at the old St. Dunstan School, which is the new St. Croix Montessori campus. And it's ADA accessible. There's wheelchair facilities. There's an ADA bathroom. 
There's going to be sensory rooms. So if your child is on the spectrum and can't deal with loud noises or flashing lights, um, there's a sensory room for that. They've partnered with really good um, therapy and behavioral health specialists in the territory. So they'll be um, present so that your, your child can be you know, in the most comfortable setting possible. They've thought about just about everything. Um, the, the division of, no, the Office of Energy, the Energy Office will be bringing Teslas, giving children's, children rides in the Teslas. And it just sounds like it's gonna be a really awesome event. Parents, no need to worry. They have us covered as well. They have a room for us so that we can relax and, you know, we can, enjoy ourselves for a minute while our, our children and adults have a really good time. So if you know of somebody that has a member in their family that, you know, identifies as being disabled or has a disability, let me not use the term identify, but who actually, who actually has a disability, please encourage that family to participate. If you have gently worn gowns or suits you can um, drop them off at the if you're on St. Croix at the St. Croix Christian Church and in St. Thomas it's down in Bovoni Appliance I can't remember the name now but it's down in Bovoni um, but please participate by volunteering to donate some stuff <clears throat> and register your children the second thing was to empower you and the Empower You is on February 10th um, on St. Croix. And then two weeks later, um, February 24th, they, they're in St. Thomas. And then two weeks after that, they're in St. John on St. Croix. They're going to be at UVI on St. Thomas. They're going to be at the UVI, the, the 13D Center, though. And then on St. John, they're going to be at the Julia Sprouse School. So the Empower You, Empower you Youth Summit um, aims to bring children 12 to 18 in a place where they can, you know, receive valuable <clears throat> resources, advice. Um, they're going to be talking about mental health, financial literacy, conflict resolution, the like. So please, um, you know, register their students, your student um, to, to participate Registration is encouraged. It wasn't, um, it's not mandatory, but it is encouraged. All right. So please uh, think about these things that I'm telling you. I'm going to tell you the, the website now for the Empower You. Again, you know, they have a bunch of HTPPS, but if you go to UVI Cell on the page, it's very easy to find. They have the, the flyer. Click on the link in the flyer and register your child. All right. So those were the two, two things I wanted to remind you about this morning that we want you to register to participate. One for um, people with disabilities and the other for, you know, everybody else. So let's get participate become the best version of yourself possible. There are programs, there are things that's happening in our community that allows us to grow and improve and become better versions of, our, of ourselves every day. So let's try to do that. And then parents, lastly, um, the presser from the Department of Education um, 
this was released on Saturday, January 27th. I, I am almost certain that they have received numerous applications already. So please participate. Get your internet, your free tablet and your internet services so that you can be connected and you can stay connected. You could do schoolwork on it. You can do research on it. You know, we take so many things for granted. I know children that, you know, literally has to borrow people's laptops and computers to be able, you know, this is pre-COVID. I, I think since COVID hit, the school assigns you a computer now, but there are many families who didn't have, and this is a, a solution, um, an initiative, and we need to thank um, Heritage Wireless for their contribution here in our territory. All right, and the the efforts of Senator Donna Fred Gregory and the Department of Education. If you don't collaborate and work together, you won't be able to get anything done. All right, so that's all of the feel good stuff that we needed to um, talk about in this first segment. And again, oh. The person to contact for the Department of Education is Dr. Maria Melendez Torado, Chief Turnaround Officer, and that number again is 340-642-6934. So that's the that's the number for <clears throat> the tablets. The number for <clears throat> Night to Shine is um, Burgundy at the St. Croix Christian Church. And her number is 340-718-3130. And then I don't have the number on me for UVI cell, but the person um, is Dr. Edwards. So if you go on the website and you connect with Dr. Edwards, you're going to be able to register. Again, that's Saturday, Saturday February 10th. UVI Great Hall, St. Croix, Saturday, February 24th at the UVI 13D Research Center and Saturday, March 9th at the Julia Sproul School. And it's for ages 12 to 18. All right. So that does it with all of the feel good stuff this morning. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the VI Justice Initiative. Um, this is Jamila filling in for Neville. I'll be back after the short break. News happens all week, all around the world. If you want to understand what this French election is all about... Four candidates are running unopposed, and three of them met reporters Thursday. Whatever the outcome of today's elections, the secessionist genie is out of the bottle. News, analysis, perspective, music, books, and sports, too. Saturday on Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Saturdays at 8 a.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. A new year deserves a fresh start. The Bank of St. Croix provides in-person service, personal and business checking accounts, online banking, and mobile apps for banking on the go, a nonprofit community investment checking account, and a 24-hour banking cash management platform. There are two locations, one in Gallus Bay and one in Peter's Rest. The Bank of St. Croix has something for everyone. 
Contact a customer service specialist for details regarding our nonprofit community investment checking account. Member FDIC. Human beings have been making music for tens of thousands of years. It brings us together. It has the power to communicate emotions and ideas. It's a profound part of the human experience. Hear the stories behind the music you love and new music you might fall in love with. I'm Raina Duras. Join me for in-depth interviews with artists who are continuing that musical history on World Cafe. Weekdays at 10 p.m. on WTJX-FM 93.1. On Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, we are not afraid to stand up to the high and mighty like Jeff Bezos. He had that big it cowboy hat on. <laughs> he looked like like a shrink ray had hit Garth Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Peter Sagel. Join me as we speak truth to power, at least until power agrees to buy us out, on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Good morning, and we're back. If you are just tuning in, you are at 93.1 FM WTJX, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. I am not Neville. Um, This is Jamil. I'm filling in for him. And we're going to be joined um, by attorney Casey Payton from the Virgin Islands Justice Initiative. Good morning, Hello? Can you hear me? Hello, good morning. This Hi. is Casey Payton. Hi, Attorney Payton. How are you? Um, I'm doing well, thank you. This, Yes, good morning. It is a pleasure to hear from you. Um, you are the founder of Virgin Islands Justice Initiative. Let us start by telling people who you are, um, what you do, and we'll delve into this very important conversation. Sure. Well, I can't take all the credit. Um, I have a co-founder, Alex Golubitsky, who is a very, he's a wonderful tax attorney and a crypto attorney. Um, But so, yes, I am the executive director of the VI Justice Initiative. It is a 501c3 legal nonprofit organization. So we are a law firm. Um, We provide free legal representation. Right now, it's primarily focused on expungement, um, but in general, uh, we focus on um, poverty law and economic justice. Okay, and um, you said your so your law firm is a nonprofit law firm. That's right. So um, there is one other uh, nonprofit law firm in the Virgin Islands that offers free legal services, and that's Legal Services of the Virgin Islands. Mm -hmm. However, in the mainland, um, there's more than one legal aid. Um, So Legal Services is funded um, in part by the federal government, Legal Services Corporation, Mm -hmm. and ours is an independent legal nonprofit. We do not receive funding uh, from the federal government, which allows us to do a little bit more, uh, well, different kinds of work and fill different gaps that are needed right now. Okay, so that um that's interesting because that was a, that was my next question. Um, you know, are you, you know, what's your relationship like with um legal services of the Virgin Islands, which, um, in addition to federal funding, receives local funding. 
Um, what's your relationship like with legal services of the Virgin Islands? I think we have a really good relationship with legal services of the Virgin Islands. I actually worked there for four years, um, starting right after the hurricanes in um, 2018. I started uh, as their, uh, I ran the disaster advocacy program, um, which received a big federal grant. Um, and uh, I, I absolutely really appreciate the work that they do. They are definitely necessary in the Virgin Islands. However, what we're trying to do is we're trying to change the paradigm to make it so that folks um, expect greater access to justice. So there's things that legal services can't do because of the kind of funding they receive. We're able to come in and fill that gap. Okay. And so the Virgin Islands Justice Initiative, I'm just reading here that you're you're talking about um, what is the the VI Justice Initiative? Because um, you're saying, I'm, I'm reading a story where you have a goal of secure, securing 50 expungements. Um, tell us a little bit more about that. Sure. So we have various programs that we do. Um, we also have different values um, that me and our, our uh, my co-founder um, decided when we came up with our business plan. And so um, one of our values is to um, streamline the expungement process for Virgin Islanders, and the we're doing it. We're kind of approaching it two different ways, mm -hmm. actually three different ways. Um, so we're providing free legal representation for anybody in the Virgin Islands who needs an expungement. We have not turned anyone away. Um, St. Thomas, St. John, St. Croix. Um, we will do all of them. Uh, if you're not able to afford an attorney, come talk to us. We'll help you out. Um, that's one route that we do. Another one is that we are providing testimony in support of auto expungement bills. It would be great for us to put ourselves out of business when it comes to expungement. Uh, we would love for there not to be a need <laughs> for attorneys to get in and help out. Um, and then the third way that we're doing it is that we are in the process of uh, submitting a research proposal um, with uh, faculty advisor uh, Suzanne McGrath at UVI because the Senate asked us one time, what kind of data do you have <laughs> about how much um, need there is for these expungements? And since everybody's coming to our door, we have the data, um, we want to do an IRB, Independent Review Board through the UVI, so that we can ethically collect data in order to provide that back um, to the community about what this need is um, in numbers. Okay, and let me ask you this next question. Um, you know, you're saying um, provide testimony for automatic expungement. Does the Virgin Islands currently have um, expungement laws on, on the books? They do. They do. Uh, it's under Title V, Virgin Islands Code, Chapter 314. Mm -hmm. um, that's where the expungement law is. And so when we hear about expanding um, this to include some, some automatic expungements, what it's doing is it's, it's kind of uh, changing and correcting that um, that law to make it easier for people where maybe it doesn't really make sense for them to go through the whole expungement process because um, either what they got in trouble for is no longer against the law or it's such a slam dunk guarantee that they're going to get the expungement. You know, why put them through that process where they have to hire an attorney, spend thousands of dollars to get something off their record when it's automatically a guaranteed yes. 
Okay. You said something here about thousands of dollars. Um, what's the current fee to have um, your your records expunged in the territory? So I did some research um, before we started on mm-hmm. um, doing expungement. And at that time, um, in order to pay for uh, full legal representation, not just having somebody fill out the documents for you, but actually being represented throughout the process, um, there was a range between $1,500 and $5,000. Um, recently in St. Croix, um, I, I found out um, that there was a price tag of uh, $3,500 um, that was specifically for the type of auto expungement that we uh, um, we have uh, the bill um, before the legislature right now. <laughs> so um, I, I would hope with our services that the price tag will come down because there's, you know, when it comes to you know, less competition and stuff, but it sounds like it's still pretty expensive. Uh, we value our representation um, at about $2,500. That's a, um, you know, a conservative estimate of how much somebody would have to pay out of pocket to get the type of representation that we provide for free. And and is representation necessary? Or, you know, because, you, you know, I'm thinking we have small claims court. You, you go to court, you pay the fee, you fill out the forms, um, you know, if you have a record and you want to get it expunged, is there is there a form and you pay the fee, um, or do you have to have an attorney represent you to get your records expunged? You don't have to have an attorney represent you. Okay. Um, you can go to the court. There is a form. Um, there's an expungement packet. Um, however, if you're not really savvy um, when it comes to filling out documents, following up, um, you know, the process for um, uh, serving the, t- the attorney general's office and following mm-hmm. up. And there, there's a couple steps that, you know, if you've never really done this before, which most people, you know, they don't have experience with uh, the civil legal system, um, you can get stuck. Um, and, and there's a couple of places where you're definitely going to get stuck. And that's if you actually have, if you pled to something, if you have a conviction, because the forms, they actually don't have. Um, a box to fill out. It'll say, you know, um, you know, are you, do you qualify for an expungement because you had an acquittal, because you did the pretrial intervention program, because your case was dismissed. There is no box that says if you mm-hmm. led to a misdemeanor and you're eligible for an expungement. Um, our organization in the past would actually draw a box <laughs> and we would write that in there mm-hmm. um, just because it, the forms themselves are not um, accurate. Uh, and so it can be a, a big challenge to somebody who's who's trying to go through the pro- that process without an attorney. Okay, and so, um, and you're saying I'm I'm taking a look at your you're saying that um, on average you're a nonprofit and um, you indicated you're a, a bona fide nonprofit, and if you're trying to do fifty expungements per year. That's what you said, right? You're, you're trying to get 50? We want to do it this year. This, that's our goal for this year is to do 50 expungements. Um, we just got our first order granting our first one um, a week ago, okay. and we have a couple in the hopper that are before um, the, the court, and then I have a list of them that I'm, I'm, we're working our way through the process. So, yes, this year we want to do 50. That is our goal. Uh, we're focused on, on attaining that. Okay, and so the value, so the overall value for fifty expungements at like you said twenty five hundred, that's about one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars worth of expungements that you're aiming 
to do in this calendar year, correct? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, one of the concerns, you know, when, when members of our community hear auto expungement, um, you know, we're like, okay, what, what, what is it that these people want expunged? They, they did something. Um, we need to be aware of what they've done. And if you expunge their record, we aren't going to be aware. How would you, um, or what would you say to a community that has concerns about the impact expungement may have? You know, I think that is a very valid concern. Um, and, you know, we take we take that seriously. Like, this is our community that we're working in, and we're the face of it, right? We're, we're receiving any kind of feedback. And I think it's important to have this conversation um, so that people can understand what exactly is going to be coming off with an auto expungement. And so, for example, for the bill that's going through right now, Bill 350178, um, these are uh, charges um, on somebody's arrest record uh, that if they were to go through the expungement process, it would be an automatic um, guarantee that they would, you know, get that order um, granting them expungement um, because it, it's very narrow. It's very specific uh, what we're what we're what we're talking about here. And so, what it is is when somebody is arrested by a police officer. Um, that police officer has to have something called probable cause for the arrest. Um, that's a, a constitutional um, right um, under the Fourth Amendment of the Constitution that the police officer must have probable cause um, to effectuate an arrest. And so what's happening in the Virgin Islands is that when, after the police officer arrests somebody and the person comes to their first hearing, it's called an advice of rights hearing or a probable cause hearing, the judge there makes a determination whether the police officer had probable cause or not for that arrest for each of those charges that the police officer thinks um, they had probable cause for. And now if the judge makes a decision that no, there was no probable cause for that arrest, those are the charges that will automatically come off. Um, and there's an assumption by people in that position, and I think by the community, that if the arrest was made and there was no probable cause, it was done you know, unconstitutionally, that of course that would come off of your record. But that's not the case in the Virgin Islands, and people are keeping these, these charges on their records forever when the police officer didn't really have a right to stop them for that. So has there ever been any discussion with the judiciary as when you dismiss um, a charge for lack of probable cause, why, you know, because the, if the court orders that your, you know, this arrest be removed from your record, or is it um, an issue where the the attorney that's representing the person at that advice or rights or um, the probable cause hearing doesn't make a motion immediately to have the record expunged? Um, so is it, is, is there, you know, I understand the need for the law, but isn't there some culpability um, in terms of the person who's offering the, the defense on that day um, when their client is before the judge and the judge is about to dismiss, dismiss the charges because it, it lacks probable cause to ask for the expungement of that person's record? You know, these policy questions are so, so important. And that's why it's really important to have the people at the table for this conversation that see it day in and day out. 
So the public defender's office, the attorney general's office, the, you're right, the judges who see this and they see how the process works, but it's in fact not working uh, for certain individuals. So you're right, if the case was dismissed or if those charges were dismissed and you had an order, that, that might be something that we could deal with. But that's not the case. When it comes to a probable cause hearing, the court makes and, you know, says orally, <laughs> um, you know, that there's there's no probable cause for this particular arrest. Um, that ends up being on the record of proceedings. Um, but that is not an order. That's not a dismissal. And so the person um, who's in that situation who, um, you know, is standing before the judge and they have their um, the judge saying there's no probable cause, they really don't have any recourse at that moment. And they don't have any guarantee or even any understanding about what's going to happen to those arrests on their record moving forward. Yeah, but um, I, to your point, though, while while as a defendant, you, the defendant may not have the knowledge, every person is represented at the advice or right by a lawyer who should understand and should be asking for those charges to be dismissed. No, I mean, for so, the for the expungement. So now we're in a gap. We're in a gap that I um, I learned firsthand. I used to be a public defender for two years. Then I went to legal aid. I went from doing criminal to doing civil. The issue we're facing is that public defenders, they only do criminal law. But in the Virgin Islands, um, and I'm not sure if, if this is the way it is across the board, but expungements, that's a civil matter. That's something that's outside of what public defenders can and are able to do. So they can't just switch from being a criminal attorney and then saying, you know, I, I want to move for an expungement. You know, that that's a whole civil process. But, and as but, far as I know, they're not able to do that. But, I, I, but, you know, a lawyer is a lawyer is a lawyer. You 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 after you graduate law school, you determine whether or not you want to you know, pursue or in law school, you decide whether you, or not you want to pursue criminal law, whether you want to be corporate law, divorce law, all of those things. But at the end of the day, it's basic law 101 that if you're arrested, it's on your record. And at minimum, if a charge is dismissed, it would seem to me, you know, I have, you know, open disclosure. I have, I have attorneys in my family. I'm not the sister that went to law school, but it would seem, you know, common sense-ish for an attorney um, if a case is being dismissed, to ask for the expo immediate expungement of the record. Uh, you know, but we can discuss that right after this short break. Um, this is a very interesting um, conversation. We have VI Justice Initiative on the line, and we'll be back after this short break. said that black smoke was constantly coming out of the burn pits 24 seven. And my reaction to it was like, wow, that doesn't sound very safe. Wonder what that's about. And in my mind, I couldn't imagine at the time that type of system operating could potentially harm our service members. Journalism that seeks and reveals. That's On Point with me, Magna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Doom scrolling. Let's break that habit, folks. I'm Aisha Roscoe, host of Weekend Edition Sunday, where if you want to know what's going on in the world and why it matters, 
All you have to do is give your thumb a rest and perk up your ears. We've got the news, but we've also got curiosity, joy, and surprise. Tune in for Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Sundays at 8 a.m. right here on WTJX-FM, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Music can be an incredibly personal experience. A song can inspire you, it can comfort you, it can make you feel understood, it can even take you back to a specific moment in your life. And it all begins with the artist. Join me, Raina Duras, as I get personal through in-depth interviews with your favorite musicians and find out where those songs come from on World Cafe. Weekdays at 10 p.m. on WTJX-FM 93.1. Saturday mornings, we're here for you with Weekend Edition. Two hours of news, interviews, new music, new books, rattling good stories, interesting people, challenging analysis, laughs, air shows, and donkey rides for the kids. So come along with us. Weekend Edition, Saturday mornings from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Saturdays at 8 a.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. We are back with attorney Casey Casey Payton of the VI Justice Initiative, who has, you know, is closing a gap that exists here in our territory. And, um, you know, there's going to be lots of people who will be happy that there's this new nonprofit legal firm that's able to assist. And, um, you know, attorney Casey Payton, what you just told me right before the, the, the break gave me pause for concern and. I can see why your um, VI Justice Initiative um, law firm is definitely needed because um, while the you know the hands of justice are it doesn't flow all the way across the board clearly, um, so we have to thank you for what you're doing. And um, for the record, can you explain to people? sometimes how the difficulties between a criminal proceeding and a, a civil proceeding causes this, this confusion where people have these things on their record um, that shouldn't be there because there was no reason to arrest them in the first place. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's a bigger question, right? It, mm-hmm. it, it feels like it has, I'm going to try to answer that quickly. Um, but you know, when you have um, the public defender's office representing defendants who are unable to afford an attorney, right? We have a, a, a constitutional right to, to have an attorney uh, present for these hearings. And if you can't afford one, one's going to be appointed for you. Uh, we all have heard these um, mm-hmm. Miranda rights, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the public defender has to work within um, the scope of their job. And, and there's rules around that. And in the Virgin Islands, they can only do criminal law. Um, they can't step outside of doing criminal law to, to start a civil proceeding. Um, I, I don't believe that the public defender's office does expungements. I don't believe they do habeas cases. Um, these are civil cases. Um, they're filed in the superior court, not in front of the magistrate. They're filed um, uh, before the superior court judges uh, are in the court, and they go before superior court judges as uh, what we call miscellaneous cases. 
uh, they fall under civil miscellaneous expungement habeas wow. cases. Um, and so you can't ask an attorney who is only allowed to um, do criminal law to then become a different kind of attorney. Um, you know, uh, there, there, there's a lot of rules about what public defenders can and cannot do. And so at that point, um, a, a criminal defendant, somebody who then finds out, you know, okay, there's no probable cause. The police officer didn't have, you know, a con- you know, I was unconstitutionally arrested. Um, th- they actually have to go through a different process. An expungement process is not criminal. It's civil. And so that's where our organization steps in mm-hmm. uh, because there's no right to a free attorney to get an expungement. That's not, that's not a law. Um, and so we come in um, through our own private funding, um, private donors. Uh, who think that this is really important. And, you know, we try to catch people who are at that juncture and say, hey, you know, um, yes, you have this criminal case behind you, but it's not really behind you because it's still going to show up on your background check. It haunts you for the rest of your life. Yes, exactly. Yes. And, you know, and can you, um, why is it important? Um, and, And let me just ask you this. Why do you think it's important that um, individuals get their their records expunged. What are some of the things that you may be barred from doing um, if your record isn't quote unquote clean? So we call these collateral consequences. Collateral consequences, um, things that don't go away just because your case was dismissed. Um, so the main the main way that we get clients is actually through VIPD records. Um, people go down to VIPD records to get a copy of their background check, um, which is also called a rap sheet or your arrest record. And for $12, they'll give you a, a piece of paper that you you hope or you assume is going to be clean and not have anything on it. But sometimes something pops up. And, uh, and by not having a clean background check, a lot of times you can lose out on employment opportunities. So... If people are getting a background check, there's a reason they're getting a background check, whether it's for housing purposes, to get a job, um, or, or any other reason. Um, and uh, uh, usually that, that's going to stop you yeah, so, from getting what you want. Okay. And, you know, let me, typically how long does it take if your, your law firm, somebody comes in and say, um, they bring you their rap sheet and they're like, can you help me clear this up? What is the timeline because um to get a record completely cleaned uh it's not a quick process but it's not necessarily long drawn out um from the time that you file your paperwork to get that expungement once you take the paperwork down to the court and get that process started uh, we say that it's four to six months um four to six months on average uh, now, before that starts... Four to six months? Four to six months. For, for a judge to sign... Wow. Okay. That's a long time. <laughs> it, it's a long time if you're in a situation that you have a job offer. Yes, you know? it is. You- yeah, that's what it seems like to me. But yeah, okay, I'm listening. <laughs> yeah, but for some people who've been waiting, you know, five, ten years to get this expunged, for them it's relatively quick. Because if you've never been able to afford an attorney and now our organization just popped up saying, oh, we can get this for you by the summer, mm-hmm. <laughs> that actually seems pretty nice, you know. Um, but if you're in a time crunch, it feels like, you know, you just missed that great opportunity. Yeah, because four to six months seems, yeah. 
extraordinarily long. But um, and let me ask you, you know, for the public, what kind of um, besides the you were arrested and there was no reason or the, the judge found that there wasn't a reason to arrest you and that expungement. Are there any other types of expungements that um, you are seeking to, to get done? And what what are those? Um, that our office handles, you mean? Like yes. that, that people might want to get up. Okay. So last year, um, a bill passed, uh, and that was for the automatic expungement for a simple possession, basically a marijuana, two ounces or less. Um, and, and that's because it's no longer against the law to, you mm-hmm. know, you're not going to get arrested for that anymore. So that's an automatic, uh, but there's still no automatic process. So we're still doing those. Um, the other ones have been around but for, let for me a while. A, so let's ask, that, let me ask you that question. Didn't the law say that it should have been an auto expungement for that? So it, it's tough, right? I'm, I'm in a situation where, um, you know, I'm on the auto expungement task force. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, um, you know, it's the auto expungement task force is tasked with making it automatic or as automatic as possible. And yes, we are definitely behind schedule. Um, but the team that's on it at this moment is actually working very, very swiftly. We're meeting every week. Um, it's, we're, you know, we're rolling this out as quickly as we can. We just had a late start. Um, and so there's no such thing really as automatic, automatic. There has to be a process in place. And so the, the process is coming. Okay. And, um, let, so let me ask you about that. What what do you think that anticipated timeline will be? I mean, it may take your your firm out of business with with that particular segment, but um, realistically, what would you think that timeline would be for that? Um, and let me make it clear: we would love to be out of business because people are are getting the services and they don't need us. That would be wonderful. Um, it's it's tough because we're doing kind of like a sample. We're doing a sample where we want to make sure that the process that we're doing um, works uh, before we roll it out to everybody. And so it's it's and, and, and you see that expungements kind of take like four to six months right now. So um, it's it, it it's a little bit hard to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I can say is that literally we are diligently working um, and I believe that it's going to be rolled out um, just as quickly as possible. OK. I, you know, I just, I thought that was important to ask, um, just because I think when people think of automatic expungement now, based on the the cannabis legislation that was passed, they think about that simple possession. So, um, so the, the, we have the simple possession for marijuana. We have the auto expungement portion for you were arrested and there were not enough charges. Um, is there, you said, misdemeanors. Can you tell the mm-hmm. public what you mean by misdemeanors and what sort of oh. crimes do do misdemeanors cover? Okay, so misdemeanors, that's, a, that's one of a, a list of things that can be expunged. It's not a guarantee, um, but there, there's a list. So on that list, for example, is like if you were acquitted, all right? If you go to trial and the jury says you're not guilty, that still doesn't come off your record. You still have to go through this process. So an acquittal is one thing. Um, if you go through the pretrial intervention program, your case is dismissed. You still got to go through this 
um, if uh, if the prosecution prosecutor decided not to um, go through uh, with the case and did a statement of no prosecution, um, you can wait a period of time. If it was dismissed, you can wait a period of time. So down the list, there is also what you're saying, misdemeanors. So maybe you pled guilty to a misdemeanor, um, or maybe you were found guilty of a, of a misdemeanor. Um, you, after a certain period of time, you can go and ask the court uh, if you can get an expungement. But it's not a guarantee um, because the attorney general's office has an opportunity um, within 30 days to come back and say, well, maybe not for this person. Um, but the types, to answer your question, the types of, of misdemeanors we're talking about, um, so it, it's any kind of misdemeanor. It can be a trespass. Um, it can be like a simple assault. It can be a disturbance of the peace. It can be a petty larceny, you know, less than, less than, less than $500. Um, but they're basically, you know, we're not talking about felonies here. We're talking about relatively low-level um, charges. Um, that somebody's probably pled guilty to, and we're also talking about the first time. So this is a second chance, not a like a third, fourth, fifth chance. So this is the first time you were arrested. If you pled guilty to a misdemeanor, if you took responsibility, um, then you know you can likely have that taken off your record. But as I tell every single client who comes to me in that situation, if you get arrested again, I have to know right away because now we're talking about a whole different thing. Uh, uh, you know, it's only a second chance. It's not uh, for somebody who's a repeat offender. So it's not for a habitual or a repeat offender. Um, no. And not, and not, and then the the AG's office have an opportunity to say, hey, maybe not for this person. Um, if the AG's office says maybe not for this person, is there recourse for the individual still to try to get their record clear? Or if the AG says not for this person, um, it, it remains on their record forever? So the, the, the law has a schedule, a timeline in place. And so after you file your case saying, I'd like to get this expungement, you have to serve the attorney general's office. They have 30 days to come back to the court and say, you know, either they have an objection, they have no objection, you know, to respond. And if they respond, then the judge is supposed to bring the case on for a hearing, um, you know, within 90 days. And so the, the, the law makes it seem like, um, you know, if there is a problem, that it would come before the court. And then, you know, the individual who was arrested, the AG's office could each speak, and then the judge makes a decision. I have yet to go to before court mm-hmm. after one of these <laughs> because um, the types of individuals who are eligible for expungement, like I said, they're not repeat offenders. They made a you know a one-time mistake, and um, you know for the most part they've taken responsibility for it, done community service, um, finished school. They're they're either working or trying to get a job, and so um, th- these aren't you know these aren't habitual criminals. Okay. All right, that's good to know because, you know, um, we don't want the, the the community to have, you know, unnecessary angst thinking, hey, um, you know, we have, you know, people who have committed, you know, horrible crimes, crimes against the person, um, and, you know, they're getting their records expunged and they move in and become your, your next door neighbor, um, you know, so... I'm glad that you you sort of cleared that up. And um, where is your office located? 
so we are very lucky right now. We have some in-kind office space that has been donated to us um, in St. Thomas, um, in the the Smock Moorhead uh, building. Um, we have a, a board member, Attorney Ronald Belfon, and he just is, you know, out of the kindness of his heart, he lets us work out of his conference room, um, which makes it so that we can have, you know, a steady landline, internet, and a place to meet people, and we're really close to the court. Um, but just because we're in St. Thomas doesn't mean that it prevents us from doing things on the other islands. Uh, we do expungements in St. John. I, you know, we currently have cases before uh, the court in, in St. Croix. And uh, for the most part, you know, we can do things from our desk in St. Thomas, but if it makes more sense that, you know, somebody wants to meet in person in St. Croix and, um, you know, we, we have we have member of our, members of our team that are able to do that. Um, but as far as filing these kinds of cases and getting the documents we need, um, it, this day and age, you really don't have to have in-person meetings um, to get that done. It's not going to prevent us from moving forward in the process. Okay. I just wanted to... Figure, figure that out. And what's the number, what's the best number for them to get in contact with you at? If you want to call us today to find out if you're eligible under the law for an expungement and, uh, you know, you feel that you cannot afford an attorney, the number is 340-774-6504. And our website is vijustice.org. All right. And thank you for joining us this morning. I wish you the best of luck with your VI Justice Initiative. And I hope that people take advantage of this, um, you know, free opportunity to get their records expunged. We'll be back right after this short break. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. With so much going on, it can be hard to keep up with who's doing what and why. I'm Aisha Roscoe, host of Weekend Edition Sunday, letting you know whether it's news from across the country and the world or a deep conversation about a novel, movie, or music, we got you. Grab your coffee or your earbuds and tune in to Weekend Edition from NPR News. Sundays at 8 a.m. right here on WTJX FM, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. The PBS NewsHour has a rich legacy of in-depth reporting and strong storytelling. Only four people have sat in that chair before us, and the enormity of this moment is not lost on me. People turn to us because they know they can hear from trusted sources of information and news. That won't change a bit, even as the faces behind the desk change. Good evening. I'm Jeff Bennett. And I'm Amna Nawaz. Weekdays at 7 p.m. on WTJX-TV, Channel 12. 